you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us again for another message at The Rock. My name is Jeff, and I'm the lead pastor here. It's my joy to welcome you. I know the Lord has a word to strengthen and encourage and empower you today. And so open your hearts to receive. Gather your families and your people around you. Get your Bibles in your hands. And let's uh, lift them up before the Lord. What we're going to do is make a Bible declaration as we posture ourselves before the Word of God to say, Lord, you have the freedom to speak to my heart. I'm listening. Speak to me. Let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. This message is called Spiritual Children and is part of our series, A Spiritual House. And if you would, turn to two places, would you please? 1 Peter chapter 2 and the book of 3 John. 1 Peter chapter 2 and the book of 3 John. They're both in the back of your Bibles, so get there and let's start in 3 John verse 2. It says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. (laughs) You hear the heart of the spiritual father? That my children walk in truth. Amen. You know, so much of ministry is clarifying and re-clarifying and restating for people who don't yet have the ears to hear, don't have the faith in their hearts to receive the absolute truth of a situation. Much of ministry is that, and I find that daily, even as a spiritual father in that role that I play here. And whatever it takes to get this truth into you, that's what I try to do. And of course, that's what John was doing. And he says, I rejoice because I see you catching it. And I see you living it out and walking this path of truth right along with the Lord Jesus. That's what we all spiritual fathers want for all our spiritual children. Amen. You can know, even as a natural parent on this earth, all parents want the best for their kids. Is that right? Somebody say amen. I know you're in your seats right now. Amen, Pastor. That's right, we want the best for our children. Spiritual, natural, adopted, all anybody. Amen. And so, parents, when your children are not walking with the Lord Jesus in obedience, your heart aches for them because you know it's not, they're not experiencing God's best. And all you ever wanted for them is God's best. Isn't that right? Of course, that's all we all want. God's best for you. And you're like, oh, but you're, even if you're missing it by two degrees, it's like you could have it two degrees better. You know, I like good, but I prefer better. Don't you? The truth sets people free. You know, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so the truth, Jesus himself sets people free if you walk in that reality with Jesus. And something else that Jesus says found in the book of John chapter 8, verse 31 says this, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I know you've heard this scripture time and time again. The truth shall make you free. Amen. So what's the opposite of freedom? 
What's the opposite of freedom? Somebody guess. <laughs> I like this all on the couch or wherever you are, you know, people throwing out answers. The opposite of freedom is a prison, right? It's being locked up. It's being chained. It's being shackled. And you're not set free by the truth. And so you're bound up. So many people walking around with misconceptions about the word, misconceptions about what other people are thinking, all of it. The truth shall make you free, but if you don't know or be able to accept the truth, you'll walk around bound up in a prison of your own mind and your own heart. And John is saying, and I'm saying, and all the church fathers are saying, we don't want that for you. No, we don't want that for you. We want freedom for you. Of course, John would want his spiritual children to walk in truth, and that's why he rejoices so much when he hears reports that they're doing just that. To live it out to walk with Jesus, to walk in freedom. And not only for their own freedom, but the witness to the world that comes. Because who knows that the world is watching us? Oh yeah, church, the, the world is still watching us, waiting for us to make something, make a mistake that they can jump on. Isn't that true? And they're also looking because they want to believe that there's something more, that there's something real, that there's something transcendent. And we can show them that. This is a spiritual house. This is what we're building here. You see, John has brought forth and brought up spiritual children. And they're living the truth of this passage in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 19, which says, The Father shall make known your truth to the children. The spiritual Father shall make known the truth of God to the spiritual children. Did you catch it? That's right. And John rejoices. He's overjoyed, as Stevie Wonder would sing, overjoyed that they're living this way, walking in truth, walking along with the Lord Jesus. And while I don't have time right now to go into the struggles of the spiritual father Paul, we'll do that at the lab. So if you join us for the Rock Lab later today, we'll walk into all that heavier stuff. But for now, let me tell you about our culture and how our culture is not set up to help us walk in truth. Hear me closely on this. The world's culture is this. Look, everything's available and everything's permissible. That's what the world says. In our 2020 culture, we add to that, everything is someone else's fault and everyone owes me something. Everyone else owes me something. That's 2020. Oh, and North American culture, let me tell you about North American Christian culture. I put that a specific way just so we can dig into it a little bit. Now listen to me on this. The North American Christian culture is everything must be how I want it and how I like it or I'm gone. You know why? Lord's going to send me somewhere else. I just know it. (laughs) I just know it. He's going to give me exactly what I want, how I want it. It's Burger King style. You see, this culture has given rise to something I call Americanstins. (laughs) Americanstins. They're not Christians first. They're Americans first. And then sometime, some way down the road, they're Christians. Uh, down the list, you know, American first, Christian after. You know, the Constitution and all that, and my rights, and, and don't tread on me, and that whole thing, right? Uh, you know, I have this American dream that I'm pursuing, and don't get in the way of any of that. As long as I can sprinkle a little Jesus on this thing, we're all good. And uh, here's the problem with that. God's given us this Bible, and it contains all the answers, And he's given us his Holy Spirit to remind us that everything Jesus taught us about being a part of his spiritual house, his spiritual family. See, this thing is full of instruction and training. In fact, let me just read it. In uh, 2 Timothy 3, one of the verses I've memorized is verse 16, but I'm going to go back a little bit to 14. And it says this, 
But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And and here is Paul talking to Timothy, right? You've learned these things from Lois, from Eunice, and from me, from your grandma, from your mama, and from your pastor. He says, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Look, Timothy is still young here. He's still young. And Paul is giving him this instruction. And look what he says the Bible is useful for. He says this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for a correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, Paul references Timothy's childhood and how he was brought up in all this and how he was learning and growing bit by bit, piece by piece. And then he says, you have this Bible to stay in it so that you can grow into a man and be complete and then become thoroughly equipped for every good work. But you can't just know it. you got to do it. you got to live it. And you can't just live your favorite parts. you got to live the whole thing, even the inconvenient bits. Yeah, that's true. All children, uh, this is not going to be a surprise to you, all children are born and then they continue growing. You know, from conception, they grow into a little baby that's able to be birthed. Moms, let me ask you this. How awful would it be if you had to somehow give birth to a fully grown human? What, you like that? You know, I mean, do, is that what we want? No. We want them to be born as babies and then grow and develop and mature. You know, uh, a friend of mine in conversation this week, he said, Last year the Lord spoke to me and said, you're a baby. Okay, and so he's been living with that. And then he said, just recently, the Lord had spoken to him again and said, you're a boy. And he kind of got a little upset about that, you know, as if he was like degraded or put down in a way. And it was frustrating to him to, to hear that from the Lord. But you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like growth. It sounds like the natural progression. And it sounds like God's pleased with him. It doesn't sound like there's any condemnation in it. It says, you're right on the right path. Keep growing. Keep moving forward in me, walking in the truth. Amen. God's saying, you're growing up, and it's beautiful. So not only is it acceptable to start out as a child, mamas, it's preferable. Someone say, it's preferable. (laughs) Amen. Anyone ever wish you could go back to being a child? I mean, even for a day, you know, not to have the responsibilities of, you know, working or, or paying bills or any of the responsibilities that you have. I mean, oh, even for a moment, just to not have that. Uh, I know I feel that sometimes, especially when the world feels a little weighty on my shoulders or whatever. I'm like, man, if I could just go back, it was so easy then. What was I thinking? I didn't have any problems. And uh, here's what I know is true. I didn't think this way at a certain time. You know who doesn't think that way? Teenagers. Teenagers do not think this way. They don't want to go back. They want to rocket launch forward. They want to propel into the future, into the desired future that God has for them, surely. And they can't hardly wait to get down this road into adulthood. They're so capable and driven and passionate. And if they've been good, they've likely been given some responsibilities. Isn't that true? All good parents training up their children, giving them a little here, giving them a little there. And, and they're rising up. But that tension of growing into who you're becoming is huge. You know, you go from a baby to a boy to a teenager to a young adult to an adult to a senior adult. And there's all these stages. 
But at that teenager stage, oh, rushing, rushing, rushing. Can't wait for it to happen. Pushing the boundaries, you know. Sometimes getting a little stuck, you know, and having to, whoa, whoa, whoa now. Come on back there. And it's like, I don't know if you, any parents out there have experienced this, that, that eye roll or that, that tongue click thing that they do. I hate that. But I tell you, it's youth, right? That's what happens. It's a, it's a normal part of growing up. And it's kind of pervasive. Everyone knows this is a thing. And I, how do I know this, you ask? Because I myself was a youth at one time. I know you don't believe it. You don't believe, look at this beard and the gray in it and the, all the wisdom and the glory, right? No, I was a youth and I'm telling you, I made these same mistakes because if you would have asked me then, I knew just about everything. I knew just about everything. Oh, here I am, even in my mid-20s. I'm at this worship conference. In fact, my friend Brian and I are leading a worship conference. And someone had flown us out there to do this worship thing. And uh, we miss our flight back on Saturday night. And so now we're really up against it. And so it's Sunday morning. We're up at the crack of dawn, I mean, or before, hopping on a plane, getting back to California. And we land at the airport. And I call my pastor up and I say, Pastor, I'm so tired. I'm about going to pass out, you know. And uh, I said, I arranged for someone better than me to come and lead worship today. He said, no, you have responsibilities here. You know, we didn't talk about this. You know, can you, can you physically get here? I said, yeah, I can physically get there, but I'm going to be worthless to everybody. You know, I think it'd be much better. You know, this guy just came and did it. He's better than I am. And he said, no, you have responsibility. I want you to get here. And that was it. And uh, let me... Let me give you a, a multiple choice about how much I like that. Very much <laughs> or very little. Can you guess between those two? Yeah, very little. I wasn't very happy about that. Now, did the Lord give me strength and was I able to do it? Yes, but I followed through and I went to my duty. I went to my post and I fulfilled my obligations. I didn't let my spiritual father down. And I've got to tell you this about that spiritual father in particular. As a natural father, I'm not sure I've seen anyone better. He is so, so great, and I honor him for that so much. And, and he took this kid that thought he knew everything at the time, right? Oh, all this experience, of course, you know, <laughs> and all the things that I've done, good things, sure. But he called me out right then and there at the airport, and I had to settle in my heart, am I going to honor my pastor, or am I going to dishonor him? Am I going to honor the Lord, or am I going to dishonor the Lord? And I chose, thankfully, that day, to honor them both. I'm so glad I did because there have been plenty of times that I've completely missed it, not just at the beginning, like in this case. But there was some pride working around in my heart. Maybe this story is resonating in some of your hearts. You're like, yeah, I've been there. I've done stupid things. I, I, there, there I am. And uh, I couldn't see it. You couldn't see it at the time probably. But thank God for spiritual fathers and mothers around us who pressed into that difficult moment and allowed it to be awkward, allowed it to be uncomfortable for my own benefit to raise me up. Hallelujah. Now I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. It says this, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? That it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Then it may go well with you and you may live long on the earth. Not just to keep you under thumb. No, but for your benefit. For your best. 1 Peter 5 verses 5 and 6 say, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. And as if to rebut 
No. <laughs> it goes on to say, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And, and look at this prescription. I, I love this so much. This is what the Bible always does. It tells us how to fix our own desperate situation in the Lord. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. In due season. Sometimes you got to wait for it, spiritual children. Sometimes you got to wait and it's not always comfortable, but the Lord has the best timing. He will exalt you in due season if you humble yourselves under his mighty hand. Like, don't make him do it. If, if God has to humble you, you'll get humbled. But it's much easier if we get to do it ourselves. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with being a child. We can all agree on that. Nothing wrong with being a child. There's just something wrong with being a bratty child. All right. God gave us spiritual fathers and spiritual children for our good. And it's so easy to hear my son, Stephen, you know, growing and developing uh, a landmark in our family with all five kids now growing up is when they start saying yes from yeah. I mean, but it's beautiful to hear Isla say, you know, yes, with her little lisp, you know, and the tongue back before the teeth a little bit. You know, so Stephen's saying his yeses and Isla's saying her yeses in her way. And, you know, it's not all perfect all the time. And they have their little quirks and everything. But it reminds me of that movie, Planes, Trains, and the Automobiles. He says, what, if your kid spills some milk, what do you do, slap him in the head? Of course not. You know, good fathers, they take that all on stride. And they say, oh, this is part of the learning and growing process. You know, hey, they're still around me. I get to correct them and, and train them up. And it's all good. Amen. So now let's look at the Bible. Let's look back at the Bible. Back to the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 11 through 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see in a mirror dimly. But then, but later, when we mature, we see more face to face. We'll see clearly. Now, I know in part. But then I shall know, just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is indeed love. Remember John, as he starts that passage, he says, Beloved. He's talking to his well-loved, his beloved children. He loves his children. And even Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, how do you prove this love? It's like, honor me, respect, do what I tell you to do. I've been given charge over you. Help me help you. (laughs) That's another movie. Love is somehow spiritually linked to gracious submission to authority. That's right. Even Peter uses this imagery of family with babies growing up, painting the picture of our spiritual family. In 1 Peter 2, verses 1 through 5, at the very end, 1 Peter 2, 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, 
but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So you have to know what family you belong to. You're in this spiritual house now. You belong to God's spiritual family, and you've been given even to us at the rock. We are your covering. We are your family together. And God always intended for you to live in this spiritual community. It's, it's not even enough for you to just be one-on-one with the Lord. No, there is something about us that we're discovering all the time and discovering afresh. And even as the Lord downloaded this vision to me and to all of our leaders for this upcoming season, it's to teach things just like this, to train us up and to build us into the spiritual house that God always dreamed about for us. Because many of us have never seen it at all. And very few of us have seen it, but only in pockets. Uh, My dream for us is that this would be our destiny, this would be our shared experience, and that everyone would accomplish this for one another's sake, in Jesus' name. But when you know where you belong, where you know where you've been called, where you know that you've been strategically placed here by God, it's, your, it's where you're expected to be. Like I was expected to be with my pastor and my church that day that I was trying to bug out. Uh, pastor Jerry tells this story. I'm not sure if you heard this or if you remember it, but it's funny to me. Uh, he had a problem, and an associate pastor heard about it, and he, he was called into the office, and he said, well, Jerry, tell me what's going on. And, well, this and this, and, this, and the pastor said this. And he said, oh, okay, listen. He said, let me ask you this. Do you think the Lord knew that, that he was calling this pastor to this church? Yeah. And uh, do you think that he knew that he, w- he was calling you to this church to serve under him? Yeah. Okay, so what's the problem? Oh, there's no problem. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's no problem. Once you get the perspective right, sometimes we get out of alignment, we need to come right and focus it right back in. And the Lord helps us do it with the spiritual family. Hallelujah. My friend, Mr. Kim, tells his kids to wash their faces and brush their teeth every morning. And let me tell you something, from, from the reports I get, they don't always love it. But he does it anyway. And he keeps after them because it's for their good. You know, uh, even Pastor Monica this past week, she's like, don't tell me about all this faith stuff, you know, in terms of why do you brush your teeth if you have so much faith? Your teeth aren't going to rot, right? Just blow it off. You don't have to worry about that. You know, sometimes we get a little silly with our spirituality, right? And no, it's sometimes the father, the spiritual father, the spiritual mother role is not easy, but it's required and we play it. Sometimes the spiritual children role doesn't feel easy, but it's good and necessary for you. It's not easy to receive a father's instruction or a father's warning. It's not easy to give that to spiritual sons and daughters. It's awkward. You feel like you're pressing in and like pushing. You know, you're like, oh man, it's it's only for their good. I hope they'll get it. You know, I hope they get my heart. But it is for their sakes. It is for your sakes. And uh, we always, all parents in any situation, are constantly working. Why? For the best for their children for the best of their children. Their posterity, this, there is what's going to continue long after we're gone. In Malachi 4, verse 6, it says, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Don't you love that? He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that what you want with me? That the hearts of the fathers would be turned to the children and the hearts of the children would be turned to the fathers. Praise God. He says, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. It appears that God is very serious 
about the spiritual house working properly, the spiritual family being knit together and loving each other properly. In Proverbs 17, 6, it says this, Children's children, or grandchildren, are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. And in John 21, verses 5 and 6, Jesus says, Children, have you any food? I mean, he's just asking them, Do you have any food? He wants them to have food. Notice this. And they answered him, Nope. (laughs) And Jesus, serving them, said to them, Get back to work. And and furthermore, know what you ought to do? (laughs) Do it this way. Things that we all love, right? Get back to work, and let me tell you how to do your work. None of us like that, right? But here's Jesus to his children, and he says this, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some food. So they cast obediently. Check it out. This is how the miracles come. They cast, and now they were not able to draw that net back in because of the multitude of fish. Jesus caring for his spiritual children right there. Beautiful. And in 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. And exhort means encourage, even encourage strongly. Like plead, like come on, let's do this. Let's get there together. Come on, you can do it. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. Why don't we pray and put this into action right now? Because we're meant, we, we are, in whatever ways we're spiritual children and perhaps even spiritual fathers and mothers. And we have these different roles to play, like in your natural family, same thing in this spiritual house. Why don't we pray and ask the Lord to help us? Can we do it together? Bow your heads and let's pray to the Lord. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for the journey forgiving me spiritual parents for teaching me how to live and grow up in you I am your child at every growth stage help me to honor you and my spiritual parents In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you haven't yet given control of your life to Jesus and you want to be a part of this spiritual family and this spiritual house and become one of these living stones that he's building us all together to make up this spiritual house, today is your day. Today is your day. I'm going to walk you through it right now. Are you ready to walk from death into life? This is how it happens. Just bow your head and say this with me. Say, God... I'm sorry for any wrong I've ever done. I choose to learn about and live for Jesus. Today I choose to become your child. I believe you raised Jesus from death to life. I ask you to raise me to new spiritual life. And I thank you for welcoming me into your family. Amen. 
Amen. I am overjoyed, just like John, that you've made this step of faith today, this commitment to the Lord. He only has good things for you in your whole life. No matter what bad may come, the Lord is going to swoop in and give you good in replacement. He is so wonderful. So we don't deny the bad here, but we do know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And that is you. That's your new life. Welcome to the family. You're in. You are so in. Welcome to the family again. God bless you in everything you do. I'm so excited for you.